Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Chris Hutting. Let's get into the first news story of today, and this is from our beloved President Sur Ramaphosa, who opens, uh, he, who, who said some remarks today, opening our show, saying, um, but, you know, actually, we should look at the Stage 6 load shedding in a bit more of a positive light. Ramaphosa said that uh, this was really, the Stage 6 load shedding at the moment was a case of short-term pain for long-term gain. Um, according to ESCOM, overnight, two units at uh, 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 two of their coal power stations had to be shut down urgently for repairs. Breakdowns are currently removing 16,000 megawatts of generating capacity um, uh, from, from the grid, and another 6,000 has been taken off for planned maintenance. Ramaphosa said that uh, the load shedding at stage six now is because ESCOM is having to reposition the generation of uh, their coal fleet. He said, quote, they are maintaining our fleet. They are making sure that incidents of load shedding that have been given rise to in the past because of unplanned load shedding events like breakdowns are put behind us. He said that the more intense load shedding schedule will not last and that this is all of a short-term nature and we will soon return to lower levels of load shedding. And this was based off of a briefing that had been given to him by Electricity Minister Ramachopa. Chris, uh, I think we've heard variations of this story before. And when you look at the sheer volume of unplanned outages, 16,000 megawatts, it becomes really quickly clear that that's much the much bigger problem, despite the fact that they, you know, they've taken off these uh, 6,000 megawatts for, for maintenance, which is more than they did during winter. The biggest problem still remains the unplanned breakdowns. What do you make of this? <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately for the president and maybe his, his government as a whole, they're going up against their own history of repeated promises about maintenance will be done proactively, all that sort of thing. Perhaps it is the case now that they're really serious about maintenance at the older power stations, the ones that are really struggling. That could well be the case, but the weight of evidence simply goes against them in that regard to where the, the it's sort of the Occam's razor idea, the best explanation at the moment for most South Africans would be they just simply can't keep up with maintenance. They haven't planned accordingly. The open cycle gas turbines are struggling a lot. They've relied a lot on those during the winter months. They have to replenish some of the reservoirs now. They have to restock their diesel supplies for those open cycle gas turbines. So, yeah, it's, it, it is quite creative on the part of the president, this attempted new, new spin. Um, I'm surprised he also didn't throw in mention of apartheid, as seems to be the policy line in the last two weeks, blaming that for absolutely everything that the party has caused at this point in time. Um, so some marks for creativity, but not, I think, any seriousness in terms of um, this is the actual res the cause of our, our issues at the moment. Those unplanned outages, that's not sustainable, uh, over 16,000 megawatts. I wouldn't be surprised if at least some of this is due to uh, the ANC really looking to do as much maintenance as they can now before we get into closer to the election. Uh, because the political consequences for having, let's say, stage six load shedding, I think, around the time of the election, I think would be quite serious. And so I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a political urging on ESCOM to say right now, guys, please do as much as you can now. We're running out of time. We really need to make sure that we have the lowest stage of load shedding before the elections. Uh, something to keep an eye on. And a reminder, of course, that without ESCOM being fixed, we aren't able to get proper economic growth in this country. Without proper economic growth, we're not going to be able to fix our unemployment and poverty problems. And if we don't 
uh, and the way to fix ESCOM is to get rid of some of those key things. We need to privatize what we can privatize. And as for the bits that we aren't going to privatize, we need to end cater deployment and be so that we get maximum value for money and ensure that people are appointed to positions not based on race or political loyalty, whatever other criteria, but on merit alone. Okay, let us move on to our next story. And this is, I think, what is probably going to be a more common story going forward. We've seen it, I think, in smaller towns around the country, but it's now hitting a metro. And this is a ratepayers boycott in the city of Etaguini, the city of Durban, where uh, the Westville Ratepayers Association, along with 20 other community organizations, is withholding 1.2 million rands in rates and taxes uh, to protest high tariffs in the, in the city of Etaguini, um, not just high tariffs, but also the misspending of money. Uh, significant amounts of money in Etaguini have been misspent. I think there was uh, in the 2021-2022 financial year, 427 million rand was uh, found to be unauthorized, fruitless, and wasteful expenditure. And there has been a 50 billion rand loss over the last five years in Etaguini. Uh, Etiguini tried to raise the electricity tariffs by about 22%, just under 22%, but this uh, had major backlash, um, and so it was only raised by 18.9%, just under 19%. The ANC in KZN called this boycott illegal and improper and said that, quote, we encourage our people to raise concerns they have with the municipality and the municipality to work speedily to resolve them. that's pretty generic response to this kind of thing, but I don't think it's really going to make it go away, Chris. And I suspect we're only going to really see more of this, particularly in the metros that are not doing so hot. Uh, and I'm thinking the Kartik metros might be next. What do you make of the story? And it's very probable that that concerned ratepayers, people in society, citizens, people from religious and civil society organizations in Etiquini have tried to engage with the municipality over the years as things have steadily declined. This is not... It's not as though service delivery has broken down in the last week or something or in the last month. It's been a progressively deteriorating situation where continually ratepayers, associations, citizens, religious organizations, everyone wants to engage with local municipalities, but they're they're either fobbed off or they're promised things and the promises are broken time and time after time. Salaries are increased, fruitless expenditure happens, and people just don't see any commensurate increase in good service delivery for which they pay their taxes. So... I agree with you. I think the sort of trend could increase and could continue. It's sort of this idea of we're seeing different solutions or different avenues to the problems that plague the country being played out across. And some of those could then be uh, transplanted into other places. For example, they you could tweak them. You could see what works here, what doesn't. But I think there should be a broader questioning. And I'm glad this sort of thing is happening. Questioning, it's, it ought not just be assumed as a given that taxpayers should be on the hook ad infinitum there should be a a reciprocity some sort of requirement on the part of government and if that doesn't happen you change the relationship it's as pure as that definitely and i think uh yeah this may have quite significant political consequences um going forward because if we see this kind of thing spreading around the country i think uh, the already struggling municipalities are really going to have to reconsider the way they've been doing things or else fall apart completely. Um, and of course, this has consequences for things like, you know, uh, failing municipality has consequences for things like growth, once again, uh, because if your roads, if you can't get your goods around when you're a business, uh, or you can't get stable electricity, or you're having to pay an exorbitantly increased electricity tariff, 
uh, because the government keeps misspending money so much in the municipality, then you're really not going to be able to thrive. Last story. Once again, we're going back to ESCOM, and this is a story which sets my conspiratorial mindset ablaze, and that is that apparently Mozambique is very concerned as to why ESCOM is not getting 100 megawatts of electricity from them. Apparently, the Mozambican government is very upset because it offered South Africa 100 megawatts worth of electricity at a pretty reasonable rate um, to assist with alleviating load shedding. Now, that's not a huge amount of electricity, right? We just saw the unplanned outages were at 16,000. But this is definitely something useful um, and could uh, potentially um, tip the balance over down one stage of load shedding if, if things are kind of close cut. Um, but according to the Mozambican government, there has been no real response from ESCOM to their offers. Um, they have tried to set up meetings and they've not been able to be successful. And according to an insider who was interviewed by News24, uh, this is purely down to incompetence from ESCOM's side. However, one must also wonder whether the forces who are being enriched by the status quo of ESCOM's dysfunction um, of the contracts to refurbish those power plants as uh, to the, uh, the the coal power contracts that, that, are, that are generating lots of money, probably for some people, um, one does have to wonder whether those people might be gumming up the works here uh, to kind of prevent the, the thing going forward. I don't know. Chris, am I being crazy to suggest such a thing? No, not at all. I think these sorts of incentives, the ideology at play, the policies that gave rise to state capture, those are still very much at play. And that those sorts of ideas and policies are the sorts of things that encourage something like corruption and waste to happen. It's not a given, but you create the conditions for those sorts of perverse incentives to occur uh, around preferential procurement, BEE, all those sorts of things. You incentivize the waste, the wasting time with reforms, all that sort of thing, uh, for example. So I don't think you're, you're wrong at all in that regard. And then just a the last point. It could also come down to a combination of that, but also pure uh, incompetence around opening up the transmission lines and upgrading the transmission capability. Um, I don't think South Africa has done well in maintaining the transmission grid, so we might just not have the ability to import that, that electricity from Mozambique, as it were, and distribute it in the grid in South Africa. Um, it could come down to that as well. That's a very good point. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. So... That is indeed a wrap. Cheers, everyone.